0: Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Along with me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We've got a good one to preview today UFC 287. We've got a rematch, Alex Pereira against Israel Adesanya. Should be a great fight as the first one was, and rematch of these two fighters should be explosive. We've got a bunch of other fights to preview, and also jordan a merger an acquisition we'll talk some business as well how about this the ufc and the wwe combine to create one 21 billion dollar company so essentially ufc wwe they're all the same company they're going to appear on the stock exchange as tko as the same entity uh what this means for both Entities as far as streaming and whatnot, I don't really know. Uh, you may get some crossover events here. Not like events, but like, you know, I mean, we've seen it before. You've got Ronda Rousey who wrestled for a little bit and, you know, other people that have come over and wrestled. Maybe our guy Bilal Muhammad will get in the ring. Maybe he'll do some he'll do some rock-style some moves or something like that or maybe a Stone Cold Stunner or something like that. But what do you think of this? Well, I think,
1: it's gonna, I think it would be probably the latter, yeah, that a UFC star would transition over to the WWE, You know, a couple of these guys like Jorge Masvidal, who we're going to talk about later on, or Conor McGregor. And they certainly have that personality that I think can exist within, let's call it the WWE universe. Um, When you have those couple of of wrestlers that transition to MMA, um, you know, like a Brock Lesnar, who had tremendous amounts of success in the UFC, or like a Dave Bautista, Maybe probably people more know from the Guardians of the Galaxy um, films. He's a full-on uh, actor films, now like, too. Yeah, yeah. Like he he didn't. He had like one fight and it was lackluster and, and what have you. So, um, but I think you were you were touching upon it. I I think eventually there's going to be a, a major conglomerate that all the streaming is going to exist. Like all the pay-per-views for the UFC and all the maybe pay-per-views for the WWE are going to exist on one streaming platform. And, uh, I think that, you know, the crossover probably appeal will be like appearances, you know, below Muhammad in the crowd of a WWE event, Conor McGregor, you know, Conor McGregor doing the same, or, you know, a guy like uh, Seth Rollins, who's a WWE star in the crowd for the UFC. I think that's the crossover we're mainly going to see, but outside of that, I don't think anything's going to change. I think UFC is kind of, kind of operate how they do WWE, et cetera. And, um, you know, hopefully people will keep their jobs because the last time there was a huge merger when Endeavor bought W, uh, when Endeavor bought UFC, like a lot of people like lost their jobs. So yeah, uh, let's hope that doesn't isn't the case here with this. Huge no, party.
0: and I don't need wrestlers coming in and interfering with uh, high-profile UFC matches and trying to get a uh, you know like a tag team octagon <laughs> match or something yeah, like yeah. that. Well, like, I don't the, need that. I think that. the
1: most interesting thing would be if like it was a reality show of Dana White, Vince McMahon, and Ari Emanuel like all watching like UFC together or like yeah. just to negotiate, and that I think that would be kind of cool and interesting, but outside of that, yeah, no, I don't
0: want to Well, I mean, listen, Vince McMahon took the brand of the WWF and now WWE and made it what it is today this, like, worldwide phenomenon. I remember well, I don't watch now, but uh, I remember when I was younger, I watched when, like, The Rock and Stone Cold, like, that attitude era of WWF at the time, wrestling was, like, the biggest thing in the world, and I just remember, like, there's, there, I've never been to an MMA event, a UFC event before, but I've into a bunch of wrestling events of WWE and WWF at the time, events, and, like, I've always told people, listen, you might not like it, it might not be for you, like the like the soap opera and, like, the, the you know, the, the fact that it's, it, you know, somewhat scripted and all that kind of stuff, and, like, they plan out the matches and they plan out who's going to win and all that kind of stuff, but being at a live event is something that i think everyone should take in that's like a sports fan and a live event fan just because yeah, no, of I like agree. how I mean, cool look, it is i'm a little is. bit older
1: than you so my era was kind of like the Hulk Hogan Macho Man Randy Savage days mm-hmm. so uh, but i agree live event for, for pro wrestling and i haven't been to one in years and and don't watch it anymore but yeah it's it, it is unique it is kind of you know cool to be in that atmosphere in that environment Uh, whether it be a big-time pay-per-view like we just had WrestleMania or, like, a house show where it's, like, not filmed for television, but that's still fun and there's, you know, pomps and circumstances. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been to both. They're both great. it's pretty cool. Yeah. I would highly recommend somebody trying to go if you can't.
0: Yeah. I I went to a house show once, and the main event was a triple threat match. It was Kane against Undertaker against Stone Cold, and that was awesome. And, like, like – I went with my dad, you know, because like my dad took me. I'm like twelve years old, and I was like, I already know who's gonna win. And he's like, What do you mean? I'm like, Well, the belt's not gonna change hands at a house show, Dad. And he's like, What do you mean? I go, Well, this isn't on TV. This is like a Road to Summerslam, like extra like Tuesday night thing at the Allstate Arena, and I know that like Stone Cold's not losing the belt when it's not televised. So Stone Cold's gonna win this match. And he's like, Oh, that's kind of lackluster. I'm like, No, not really. It's gonna be cool. Like, it's gonna be fun. But yeah, it's fun to see. And then I also went. To like a pay per view at the at Allstate Arena and like that was super cool too. It was like I think it was oh yeah it was the one where um where Shane McMahon jumped off the jumbotron onto the Big Show and that happened like wow. right in front of our seats and I was like oh my god this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like my friend and I and his dad took us we were freaking out like it's they're fun they're they're uh, there's like there's something about. Like entrance music and like that, yeah, oh, that, yeah, that that pop when, that, when like someone when comes out. Hits, yeah, like crowd
1: goes nuts. That's it's awesome. The, I mean, now we're getting off on a tangent. No, That's I why know. The Royal Rumble is the best thing because you never know you who's going to come people out. People that you don't know when they're coming in and their music hits. It's great.
0: Exactly, it's so much fun. I think if you are a fan or not, or you have kids that are fans, like I highly encourage you to go just because like the kids love it so much. And it's just so much fun to like have everybody in that arena cheering much like it is for, I haven't been to a UFC event next time it's here. We'll have to go for sure. Uh, it needs to come back here to Chicago at some point. I would hope. Um, But yeah, let's get into UFC 287 taking place in Miami uh, this weekend on Saturday. You've got a great main event that we'll get into in a little bit against Alex Pereira against Israel Adesanya. A good co-main event, Gilbert Burns against Jorge Masvidal that you mentioned. But let's start with the first fight on our main card, Raul Rosas Jr. against Christian Rodriguez. These are young bantamweights. This should be a good fight. You know, uh, Rosas is only 18 years old. He's the youngest fighter to ever win a UFC victory. Uh, and, you know, he's been fighting well since he's joined the UFC. He's only 18 years old, which is crazy. Uh, Rodriguez, also very young, only 25 years old, 8-1 and one overall. Uh, in his only loss was on a short notice fight up in a division against Jonathan Pierce earlier in his debut. Uh, So you've got Christian Rodriguez at plus 195 and Rosas Jr., the 18-year-old at minus 260. What do you think of this one?
1: It's kind of funny. We were talking about WWF because this is your uh, proverbial squash match uh, for Raul Rosas Jr. Um, This is like when King Kong Bundy wrestled Jim Dunn, you know, from Skokie, Illinois. Uh, and one in like five seconds. Uh, there's a reason why Raul Rosas Jr. at 18 years old is on the opener to the main card. They want eyeballs on this guy. They want exposure for him. Uh, and, you know, he has shown through his, you know, very short UFC career and very short mixed martial arts career that he has all the tools to be a be a star, to be a big-time talent, very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling game, uh, evolving on the striking standpoint and what we saw with Christian Rodriguez, and you just alluded to it, although it, it was up in weight, uh, Jonathan Pierce kind of you know took him down, controlled him, and, 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 and you know was able to get the win. And, and that should be the same type of case with uh, Raul Rosas Jr. You have to rely on his grappling, grappling, uh, and his submission skills if you're looking to to find value. I, I don't have the confidence in that yet. He's too big of a favorite to just you know, lay straight up. So he's gonna go into an eventual parlay for me with several other fighters or one or two other fighters on the main card. I have Rosa should win. He should win convincingly, but I'm not confident. We haven't seen enough of him yet. He's still eighteen. He's not even a he's just, you know, he's a teenager. He's not a man yet. He's a baby.
0: Um, Being able to get the win. (laughs) So if we look at method of victory, we'll put him into our, our, our parlay here, Raul Rosas Jr. at minus 260 goes into the parlay. But if we're looking for method of victory here, Raul Rosas by submission at plus 170. Rosas by points as uh, plus 230. Rodriguez by points at plus 390. And then Rodriguez by knockout at nine to one there. So, I mean, obviously if Raul Rosas is a good wrestler, good uh, working uh, on on the ground, then you think by submission at plus 170, if you think this is over within the distance, you think that's a good play?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think re- it's submission just a little relying again on his Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, also the fact too, that we've seen Christian Rodriguez, uh, you know, in his mixed martial arts career lose via submission. So I, I think that that would be probably the the direction to take. But again, as I'm saying, um, I, I don't really like the fact that there, there isn't a lot, you know, to rely on with Rosa. So I think it's just straight up to win, win it pretty dominantly, but definitely, uh, it might be too big of a risk for me to recommend inside the distance.
0: All right, we go to our next fight. Kevin Holland against Santiago Ponzinibbio. Kevin Holland minus 265, the favorite Ponzinibbio, plus 200 here. Uh, this is the uh, welterweights. There's a couple welterweights on this fight, but this one should be uh, a decent one. At least, you know, the odds don't dictate that. But this could be this could be good. Um, you know, Holland comes in on a two-fight slide. Uh, and then Ponzinibbio uh, was losing his last fight, but then ended up winning uh, in a th- in the third round against Alex Morano, his last time out. So Ponzinibbio, the underdog here, even though he won his last fight and Kevin Holland coming in on a two-fight losing streak. What do you think of this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it should be a fun and entertaining fight for sure. Anytime you get Kevin Holland on a card fighting, uh, he, it's it's a fun watch. I mean, he's extremely athletic, carries a lot of power, does have, you know, submissions and wrestling but you know at times has gotten lazy and at times you you've questioned his his game plan uh, coming into a fight and, and you know at some point Kevin Holland's going to have to be like all right, I'm really going to solidify myself as a contender in the welterweight division or I, I I'm not and I, I'm going to you know write off Here's what, my, sunset. here's what my notes uh, say.
0: Holland is often unfocused and more worried about playing to the crowd than he is the guy he's fighting.
1: Exactly. I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, he, he, notoriously, I think, in a fight, you know, two or three fights ago was, like, looking him at himself uh, on the big screen and then nearly got rear naked choked. Um, the issue with Santanago Ponzinibbio is, like, this guy has not been the same since, you know, he got hurt back in 2018. You know, he took three years off to come back, you know, Prior to that, he had won seven fights in a row. He had headlined the card, the first ever UFC card in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He is of Argentinian descent, and the uh, UFC expected some big time things for him. But then he, you know, he fell on injury and just couldn't get healthy. Three years later, he gets knocked out by the leech, uh, and has bounced around like wins and losses. And and look, I don't think he looked great against Alex Morano. Uh, he did knock out Alex in the third round of that last fight, but that was a fight that Morano took on short notice. He was on his couch a week before uh, and took it and made it a catch weight fight. So, I think stylistically, you look exactly at that matchup. Kevin Howland is is an in-shape, much better version of Alex Morano, who utilized pressure, utilized speed, dirtied up the fight, and got Santiago Ponzinibbio out of there. And Santiago Ponzinibbio can't stand in front of his opponent anymore. He can't take a shot like he once was able to do. So, uh, I, I think Kevin Howland Again, wins the fight, but you did point out that sometimes he makes stupid decisions, makes dumb decisions. So for me, the recommendation on this is actually going to couple him with Rosas Jr. into a parlay to get the value down in both fighters who I think should win, should win convincingly, although there's a little bit of a risk factor with Kevin Holland for sure.
0: All right, so Kevin Holland will go into our parlay. Uh, method of victory here, Holland by points at plus 170, Holland by knockout at plus 210, Ponzinibbio by knockout at plus 550, also Ponzinibbio by points at plus 550, and then Holland by submission at 7-1. to one. But we're just going to stuff him in this parlay with Kevin Holland and look to maybe add to that a little bit later on, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, look, you know, he does have – Holland, 13, you know, knockouts of of his 23 wins. But, you know, they've come kind of like by ground and pound and, you know, control. Really, the last guy that I think he flatlined on the feet was uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, That was back in 2020. So, but Ponzinibbio's chin is kind of washed for me. Uh, But I still think it's just going to be scoring uh, volume and Holland straight up to win. If you need a recommendation, probably just go points. That he's going to outwork Santana, go Ponzinibbio for three rounds.
0: All right, our next fight is another old guy versus young guy, kind of. Rob Font against Adrian Yanez. Yanez minus 190 as the favorite. Rob Font plus 150. 29-year-old Yanez is undefeated. In his last five UFC appearances, he's won nine straight overall. But this is a better fighter for him to face Rob Font is a step up in competition for him. Rob Font still in the top ten even though he's lost uh, two in a row in the bantamweight division. Uh, This should be a good fight uh, as as the odds say. Adrian Yan is only the minus one ninety favorite. Are those odds correct? You think?
1: I don't think they're correct. I think you know this is this is a question you got to ask. Like, what does Rob Font have left, and what does Adrian Yanis have? Uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we were just in the middle of March, Amanda's just wrapped it up. It's a mid-major jumping into a, you know, a, a, a power six conference, you know, like, you're in with the big boys now. And I want, and I question like, you know, Adrian Yanis has been impressive, very good standup. Uh, what does he, what would he do that, you know, through the strength of schedule that Rob Font just went to Marlon Vera, Jose Aldo, Cody Garbrandt, Marlon Moraes, Ricky Simone, Sergio Pettis. Like, great fighters in the bantamweight division would he be more successful as successful my problem is in backing or thinking of backing yanez is that this is going to be a stand-up fight and rob font has some amazing boxing skills some of the best we've seen not just in the bantamweight division but in all of mixed martial arts he's still tough like marlon vera couldn't get him out of there Jose Aldo couldn't get him out of there. And, you know, he did lose those last two fights. And, you know, Rob Font's face looked like an absolute car wreck the last, you know, following the fight against Marlon Vera. But Vera does that to everybody. So what does Rob Font have left? Do the brakes finally come off when, if Giannis lands something? I think I'm going to side with Rob Font still has the grit. He was, you know, both those fighters. Actually, the last three fights were Rob Font Adam. Have been three or have been five round fights. This Ooh. is a three round fight, so yeah. I don't think cardio is going to be an issue, and I think he's going to get a stand up fight, a boxing match, and that favors Rob Font. So I like the dog in this one.
0: All right, the underdog here, Rob Font, at plus one fifty. So if we go by uh, method of victory here, we probably won't take it just because we're taking the underdog and Rob Font. But Yanez by knockout at plus one eighty. Yanez by points at plus two sixty. Font by points at plus 260, and then Font by knockout at 8-1. to one. But we're going to go with Font as the underdog here, straight up at plus 150.
1: Yeah, and we're going to also probably throw a little bit on the uh, over. Uh, I haven't looked lately at FanDuel, but definitely over on 1.5 and might even consider over in a 2.5. I don't think we'd get a finish mm-hmm. in this fight. I think we'd go to the judges' scorecard, so I'd, I'd look at
0: uh, you two and know, and playing a half, that as well. Over 2.5 on FanDuel is minus 120.
1: Okay. I, I, I'm confident in that, that we're going to get a stand-up war, that Rob Font is just... The brakes are going to stay on this one. He's not going to get knocked out or finished. Okay. Uh, it's coming soon. Uh, and Giannis, <laughs> hits hard, but I think having confidence in Rob Font, I'm going to side with him to get the win and give up with the over is two and a half as well.
0: Alright, can we make a, uh, a another wrestling reference? I don't know if this was in your time, but did you guys, when you were watching, did you have the pink slip on a pole uh, match? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I,
1: well, I was just going to tell you earlier on, like, I was at the pay-per-view where... uh uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin actually was the referee for Kane and The Undertaker. Yes, I he, remember that match. He got fired after after the match. Yes. He gave himself the belt, and he wasn't even wrestled.
0: I remember that. Well, this is kind of a pink slip on a pole uh, fight for one of these fighters. Gilbert Burns in the co-main event, a heavy favorite, minus 530 against Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal from Miami, lives in Miami. This He's going to have the entire home crowd behind him. This should be a good fight because we know Masvidal, despite being plus 360 and an underdog is going to give everything but he has said in interviews leading up to this fight that this could be it for him and he could be you know setting the gloves down on the mat once this fight is over and retiring, should he lose this fight? Uh, You know, last time we saw him, he he lost against Usman. He lost a unanimous decision against Colby Covington at UFC 272 back last March. So he's had some struggles as of late. But regardless of the odds, throw them out because Jorge Masvidal always comes to fight. And this fight against Gilbert Burns should be very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he's not in the main event, but this fight card was built around him. I mean, he is the king of Miami. Uh, and the UFC has not been in Miami since UFC 42, uh, which Matt Hughes headlined as the welterweight champion. So it's in the way back machine. Uh, so Masvidal gets an opportunity to fight in front uh, of the hometown. But I believe the stories are true. I believe that, that Jorge Masvidal is on to his next chapter uh, of his life, and whether it be wrestling, whether it be boxing, Uh, I I think that that this is a a show-up fight for Jorge Masvidal, but unlike a lot of uh, fights that we see him in, uh, I I think that Gilbert Burns is a bad matchup for him, and I think that uh, leaving uh, this uh, to the judges' scorecards is not going to happen. I'm expecting a finish in this fight. I think Gilbert Burns is going to finish Jorge Masvidal uh, in this one because of the the the, the storylines, I believe, are true regarding him and hanging it up. He's just not motivated anymore. He's just not there. And I think Burns is going to get a decisive finish in this one.
0: So if we go to method of victory, we might be able to find some value here because you believe we're getting a finish. Burns by points at plus 160. Burns by submission at plus 230. And then Burns by knockout at plus 360.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that Gilbert Burns is not going to want to mess around at all with Jorge Masvidal on the feet and I think that he's going to look to exploit the advantage that he clearly has against a guy that never gets well first off really never gets finished I mean he did get finished uh, against Kamaru Usman by knockout but prior to that like he doesn't he doesn't get finished by submission like the, la- the submission loss he had was the uh, inverted triangle choke by Toby Amada at Bellator 5 like 10 years ago like, it was the most ridiculous submission ever that Masvidal kind of just fell into. But I think, again, it's mindset. It's where he is. I mean, he just, like, said he doesn't want to box Jake Paul. Like, Bory Masvidal's thinking about other things. He's not thinking about winning this fight and then challenging Leon Edwards uh, in in London for his belt. Like, I, I think Corey Masvidal's out of there. And I think Gilbert Burns needs to go out there and finish him and finish him decisively. And how does Gilbert Burns do that? well, he relies on his grappling and his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is some of the best I've ever seen, and he gets he gets a tap.
0: Okay, so we're going to go Burns by submission then at plus 230? Yes. All right, so Burns by submission, and then should we put him into the parlay as well?
1: Burns, so Burns, Russ, and Holland is is very, I'm very comfortable with that, for sure. All right, sure. so
0: we'll do that, and then also take Burns by sub at plus 230. Those aren't bad odds right there. Our next fight, we talked about a lot the first time because it was a matchup that we talked about as Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya, the favorite, despite losing the last fight and being the only person to have been defeated by Alex Pereira three different times. Pereira is 3-0 and against Adesanya. Also, I mean, not in UFC, 2-0 and outside of UFC, but 1-0 inside the UFC. Pereira was losing this fight until the final round where he needed the finish uh, to, to win that fight against Israel Adesanya last time out. Um, I mean, you could have two... Completely different styles going on here, like we saw last time. But again, this is a a, the odds are closer than they were the last time these two fought, and that is because Alex Pereira won last time out. He is the uh, title holder right now. Will we see Israel Adesanya hold the belt once again and be saying, and new champion?
1: Well, I mean, we like, we like theoretically, if you look at this, like, like, we should. Like, Adesanya was winning that fight pretty convincingly, actually had Alex Pereira. Uh, On skates at the end of the first round, five more seconds in a round, Pereira likely gets finished. And you know, Israel Adesanya was two or three minutes away—I don't remember the time of the fifth round—was like two or three minutes away from winning the belt uh, and/or keeping the belt. And then, you know, Pereira just landed that nuke of a left hand. Uh, So you do have to note that that he carries the power for five rounds. We didn't know that he does, Uh, (laughs) and, and got you know. Uh, He got Israel Adesanya out of there. Will uh, Israel Adesanya wrestle more? He wrestled a little bit, and it helped, but he's going to have to wrestle more. Will Alex Pereira wrestle more? He wrestled a little bit as well in that fight, uh, and I think it surprised Israel Adesanya. Um, Israel Adesanya is going to have to be elusive. He's going to have to uh, avoid the phone booth. Look out for those calf kicks, which really caused some issues for him and his movement. Um, but, Adam, like, Israel Sunish should win this fight, but how can you not back Alex Pereira? He, he, at plus I money? I think he just has his number. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there are those situations where just guys have someone's number. And Alex Pereira, you give me him at plus money for five rounds to land one shot, I'm taking it, especially against a guy he's now knocked out twice.
0: All right, so we're going with the underdog. Two underdogs. I love it. Alex Pereira, plus 115, even though he does have the belt. And, like, we've been talking a lot about the WWE merger. This is not a WWE matchup. Like, these guys don't hate each other. There isn't, like... Talk back and forth in the press or at, at the uh you know the, the press events leading up to this. These guys like they respect each other. You know, obviously Adesanya knows he's beaten, beaten three times by Pereira. Maybe he comes out a little with a little extra motivation or something like that because he wants to prove that he is indeed worthy of the belt. But so far he hasn't been able to beat Alex Pereira. If we go by method of victory, Adesanya by points at plus 180. Pereira by knockout at plus 210, Adesanya by knockout at plus 390, and then Pereira by points at plus 550. I think if this goes to the judge's scorecard, Adesanya is going to be the winner.
1: Is that yeah, safe I to say? I would say that that's likely the case. I think that the over three and a half um, probably worth consideration. So okay. uh, maybe as a hedge to, you know, what's going to happen, uh, you know, if you don't have confidence, Pereira is going to do it. But I look, I just wonder, like, what you know, what would Alex Pereira's record be that Israel Adesanya did? Like, would he beat Robert Whitaker? Would he beat Marvin Vittori, you know, Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero? Like, all these killers that Adesanya went through to become middleweight champion in the world. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Like, But like Israel Adesanya is just, like, the one wrestler, like, non-wrestler, I mm-hmm. should say. And I think Alex Pereira would struggle against all these dynamic wrestlers that exist in the middleweight division. Just not there. So I have I, – I, I, I think – I think my heart and my mind both say Adesanya is going to win. But I don't know. Something else says that we can't because Pereira's got his number. Yeah. He just does. And it hey, plus money. You
0: bet the trend I'm until gonna, it's not I'm a trend anymore, Pereira. right? And the trend is Pereira beats Adesanya, right? Yes. Until he proves yeah. you wrong, you keep betting it and keep making money on it. So, look, I'll bet Pereira. And if he loses, then it's like, okay, well, he's 3-1 and one now, you know? And right. if there's And if there's a trilogy fight, probably might back Pereira again.
1: Just, to, just to- that's, that's the only thing like does Pereira like it's, and there's something you always got to ask that with the trilogy fight or like the second of the three like is there something in the back of your mind that says like alright so like maybe he is taking it a little bit easy because he knows the history, the trend, like, if Pereira loses his fight, like, he's getting a rematch. Like, there's going to have to be a trilogy fight.
0: Well, if you so. watch the Scream trilogy of the first three, if you know the third one, all bets are off is what, the, uh, what, right. what they tell <laughs> you. All bets are off in the third one. Anything can happen. The rules are out the window when it comes to the third one. So we'll put him, we won't put him in the parlay, but we'll take Pereira over three and a half and then plus 115. Anything else in the uh, undercard that we should be looking at to maybe add to this three-fight parlay that we have?
1: Yeah, I just think that you know Chris Curtis is, is surging right now, even though he had a hiccup against Jack Romanson. Uh, he's a slight underdog against Calvin Gastelum, who is now uh, one in five in his last six fights. Uh, it is a tough matchup, but Chris Curtis is surging. Calvin Gastelum really is, has just struggled at times. Um, it's a little bit of a drop down in competition for him, uh, Gastelum, but I think Chris Curtis is worth a look. The action man at plus money. He's cash before for us. <laughs> Okay, uh, are we
0: putting him in the parlay, or are we just leaving him as separate?
1: Just straight, yeah, just straight, straight up? up? Money, All right, money yeah, because he's plus
0: 108 right now on Fando. So our our uh, three-fight parlay pays w- plus 126. That's not bad for three fights. You got Raul Rosas Jr., you've got Kevin Holland, and you've got Gilbert Burns in there. That pays plus 126, bet 100, win 126, bet 10, win $12.60, whatever way you want to do it. We're also going to take uh, Raul Rosas Jr. by submission at plus 170. Rob Font, plus 150 straight up, and the over in that fight at two. Two and a half. We're going to take Gilbert Burns by submission at plus 230. And then Alex Pereira to win at plus 115. And also the over in that fight at three and a half. This should be a pretty good pay-per-view here. Uh, as you know, the big news this week, obviously, with the merger of UFC and WWE. Maybe you'll see some some WWE superstars on the uh, on the side for this one uh, after SummerSlam. It would Summer not Slam. surprise
1: me if that's the direction they go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always been the relationship between wwe and espn and since ufc and espn also have that relationship maybe you'll start seeing uh you know espn plus as a way to get some wwe pay-per-views as well like i I could see that too you know something like that in the future they probably just want like one hub for everything but you never know it could happen
1: i look i wouldn't be surprised if someone some wrestlers in the the crowd and gets into it with an altercation with an MMA fighter just like yeah. But P- pretend, of course.
0: And also, don't forget uh, if Bilal Muhammad sees Kobe Covington in the street, there's another fight. We're going to take Kobe, uh, Bilal Muhammad uh, plus 115 against Kobe uh, Covington. Well, that's been
1: Kobe Covington doesn't go anywhere near Miami, so ah, I don't well, think he'll be there. There you go.
0: Well, that's because he's he's weak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Get all of his picks at fatjacksports.com. You've got the NBA going now for a few more days and then the playoffs, and always, whatever you sign up for, baseball. Ball is always free with Fat Jack at fatchecksports.com. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Uh, be listening next week or tuning in, or whatever, you subscribe to the podcast. Might have a special episode dropping early next week, so keep an eye on for that. No, we're not going to give you any news yet, but make sure you're keeping an eye out or an ear out for that wherever you subscribe to this podcast, hopefully on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so we might have a special episode for you early next week, but if not, we will be back next week to preview another episode of the Unnamed MMA podcast. Thanks for listening.